How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy you're here with us today. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a podcaster. I'm a producer. I'm a novelist. And I am excited for our sports spectacular today. So our question of the day is what is your favorite summertime sport? Julie, which, what, what okay. do you say? Okay, that's easy. Marco Polo. Marco <laughs> Polo. It is my favorite summertime sport. It is fun times, whether you're eight or 80, right? In the yes. pool. Oh my gosh. Is it funny when those people have their eyes closed and they're trying to find you and they're saying Marco <laughs> and you say Polo or you go underwater? If you haven't done it recently, take a plunge and get a group of people together. Marco Polo. Good one, Jill. From Dallas, Texas, Julie Dolan with the Marco Polo entry. Unexpected. Liz, how about you? Okay, well, uh, this is Liz. I'm in Bend, Oregon for the summer. And one of the things I do in the summer is when I'm in Bend at the big, gorgeous outdoor pool they have, Juniper Pool, they have a um, a water running class, Liam. But mm-hmm. you're you're tethered to a lane line and you're running, running, running with the tether. So especially for me, because I've got the issue with the lefty, you know, my left leg and knee, not, not perfect. Water running is the perfect summer sport for me. You're outside, you're in the water, not quite as much fun as Marco Polo, but really- I was going to say, I think you probably could combine a nice game of Marco Polo with, <laughs> with the running, the tethered running, but you know, it's up to you. Marco Polo, Julie, for that, that's even like the sound of fun. You know, yes. when you hear people yelling, Marco Polo, you just can't help but smile. Brings you right back to childhood. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say mine also brings me back to childhood. I was a big fan of Capture the Flag at summer Ooh. camp. Oh. And it's been a long time since I've been in a highly uh, competitive capture the flag <laughs> game, but I just have the best memories at, at my summer camp in Maine, we used to play in the Christmas tree farm across the street. So mm-hmm. imagine like 4th of July uh, with the team colors, uh, it was an unbelievably fun time. So capture the flag. That's what I'm going with. But, um, you know, as a lifeguard though, I have to say Marco Polo, super annoying. You know, <laughs> Lynn, Lynn, really, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're out. You get out of the pool. You're out of the pool. You're okay. no you fun at play. all. You're no fun. Okay. Sports is supposed to be fun, Liam. All right. Today, our whole show is about sports and we have some big time athletes here. Liz, tell us who's with us today. Well, joining us today, Sonia Richards-Ross is one of the leading sprinters in the world. She's a member of the broadcast team of the World Track and Field Championships, which happen at the end of this week. We're going to talk some more about that. Plus, she's the newest cast member 
of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So we're, we had a lot of fun talking to Sonia. Wait till you hear. Great, great. And then, Julie, you have put together a list of your seven favorite sports movies. The best of all times. I have a list of, you know, and I hope it inspires you to watch some of these movies again or or see them for the first time. Uh, your favorite sports movie. Think about it. Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking about your family. Is it just Field of Dreams seven times on that list? Is that <laughs> okay, Leon? We'll discuss it. Hold on. Yes, there's a baseball entry on my list, but I'm not going to say what it is at this moment. <laughs> All right. And I've been listening to a great podcast series on the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So I'm going to share details on that. But first, we're just going to have some fun with some more made up sports. Jill, what yeah, you got? Well, what you got well, well, these are actual real sports. I was doing some research for this big sports spectacular show. And I thought, hmm, what are the trends in sports? What are the new sports that are coming out? And when you Google that, you'll see there's a big long list. Okay. So people are out there all over the world trying to cook up some new sports, but I've identified three that I really feel like have a chance to break through and become you know, worldwide uh, and gain worldwide popularity. Okay. All right. The first one, Leanne, is really for your family. I know you're all over it. It's the extreme running sport. Okay. Now th this is just think about this. You have runners and they're, they are running in very steep ascents, descents, jungles. How about running um, at the base camp of Mount Everest or in Morocco, or how about in Peru in the Ica Desert, or the Alps, Leanne, or Liz in the Amazon. Mm. So think about this. These, these are, they're, it's happening now. These are runners, and they go to these really exotic locales, very difficult. There's months of training involved. But why I think this is going to be a very popular sport is because of drone photography, oh, because yeah, yeah. you're we're going to be able to watch them run through the jungle or mm -hmm. run up hills or run over sand dunes I, and just do these extraordinary things. Doesn't that That's sound true. pretty good? Well, it's totally pretty, sound, sounds visual and dramatic. Sounds like a terrible actual sport, but it sounds <laughs> but. No, think, no, it's, it's, you know, it's like cross country running only yeah. extremely. Yes, okay. I get it. Yeah. No, I get it. Yes, yeah. but it, I made for TV, made for TV. Yes. And I think it could be really good one. Okay. Now my second one, I, uh, this is, did you love Red Rover when you were growing up, Lee, and you were talking about capture the flag, but do, did you love the game Red Rover? Not as much as capture the flag. Oh, well, I am telling you the whole Indian subcontinent loves Red Rover because oh. they have a game a sport called Kabaddi, which is, it's a contact sport, a team sport, but it's essentially Red Rover that you're playing on a field. You know, one team trying to crash through to the other team. Okay. Really, it's, okay, there, and it's, you know where it's, it's the national sport in Bangladesh. Do you know how many people they have in Bangladesh? No, so this is a lot, of, a lot of people. So there are a lot of people that really enjoy Kabaddi. And oh so I, that's, I, I believe, Liz, this will be another Olympic event. Great. I like the big group activities kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm for that. Yeah. Did you enjoy Red Rover? It was a great game. I mean, yes, people always yes. got really hurt and there was a yeah, lot of I was going to say it was like crying, I, crying yeah, involved, <laughs> but I was slow and I didn't move well to my left or my right. And that was not <laughs> great for Red Rover. Yeah. And it's like Red Rover, Red Rover, let Julie come over. Right. right. It's yes. personal. Yes. 
Yeah, yes. I thought it yes. was terrible. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad I mentioned that. Okay. And then my third category, uh, because there are, co- there are a couple of different groups that are working on this. They are anything on a golf course other than golf. Okay. Uh, people are working on this. Oh. First of all, there's disc golf. Okay. Yeah. With the Frisbee, they're running around, they're going fast. You have these gorgeous golf courses. Uh, we have, you know, again, for television, Liz, you know, golf, golf courses look beautiful, they do. but, we, but uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's golf. We have to try to jazz it up a little. So there's a lot of disc golf going on. But the other one that I think, again, I think can be a real breakthrough sport is soccer golf. So you're using a golf course and you're kicking a ball and you're trying to uh, kick the ball into some hole or a goal. You're kicking a golf ball? No, a big soccer ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, so it's soccer golf. Uh, You see? Okay. I get get it now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I think put it there. I mean, golf courses can be like a big waste of space, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, not to golfers, but yeah. I mean, I to other people who aren't golfers. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. But I think you have these locations all over the world. Okay. Yes. And, and so I think that to do the multi-purpose sports on them, you know, they know how to make all the camera shots. Mm-hmm. And I think that, the, um, I think the soccer golf can really um, catch on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd watch that. I, I'd watch that once and uh, see how that works. I like Again, it. though, you need some defenders out there. It can't just be people. No, you like, have to shoot the soccer ball into a particular no, goal. No, I get it. But even that doesn't sound that hard if no one's defending you. <laughs> right? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's, okay. All right. You are right. really tough, Leanne. You didn't like Marco Polo. Don't like, don't like Red Rover. Okay. Don't like soccer golf. Okay. What do you got, sister? I mean, I think these are very go. I'm just going to go. My list was uh, complete too, but I'm just going to go with one uh, because I think last week's show proved that the Satellite Sisters Nation enjoys Cheez-Its. I mean, (laughs) if there is one rallying point one common touchstone it's our love of cheese it's as a community so i saw this sport cheese rolling all right this mm-hmm. has happened every year in gloucester england mm-hmm. they roll a nine pound wheel of double gloucester cheese mm-hmm. down a hill okay look here's the key contestants then chase after the cheese <laughs> and the first person crossing the finish line at the bottom wins you, you get the cheese as a prize so the the sport is it really folds in on itself it's about rolling cheese you get cheese as a prize and it might not sound extreme but apparently this the hill is very very steep and super uneven and most contestants end up falling down the hill at a, right. at a tremendous speed and incurring a lot of injuries but it's england so everyone's laughing and probably drunk <laughs> and uh <laughs> And um, it's it's gaining in popularity. So now just spontaneous cheese rolls are happening all over England without even any um, oversight, Julie. So oh, it's right. growing so organic. It's the pickleball of England. Cheese rolling. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So Liz, those are our stupid sports, but you've actually been working really hard on a real sport for the I last have. three yeah. years. And we were going to get a behind the scenes a couple of weeks ago. You got sick. People are going to want to know, Liz, how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. first of all. And then secondly, tell us what's happening, because this is your big week that you've been working for for years. 
this is it. This is the week. It starts it starts this week. Yes, a couple of weeks ago, I had been at the USA, the national championships for track and field. I came home and the first day I was home, boom, down with COVID. So that's why I missed that show the next day when I was going to tell you everything you needed to know about track and field. But I'll do that today because yesterday, for the first time in two weeks, I tested negative. So Way to go. Way to go, Liz. Feeling pretty good. I have like a little bit of a cold left, but I feel, and I tested myself again today. I just want to stay negative. That's my whole, I want to stay positive by staying negative. That's my goal. <laughs> okay. Um, but it is true, sisters, that since the beginning of 2019, I have been working on an event that's called the World Athletics Championships. So the first thing you need to know about track and field is that the United States is the only country in the world that calls it track and field. It's really? very I, I know I didn't I didn't know that. Really. Yes, Julie. In the rest of the world, track and field is called athletics which is confusing here because when we use that term, it sort of includes everything. And, but that's not true in the rest of the world. And the, so when you're trying to market an event and do all the publicity around an event, when you want to call it track and field, because that's what people will understand, but the official name of the event is athletics. It's just, it's like the metric system, you know, can't we just, can we just all agree on one thing? Can we just all call it athletics or all call it track and field, but no, we can't do that. So anyway, so every other people think that track and field only happens in the Olympics on the largest scale, but that is not true. There is a world championship every other year. So because all of the timing got screwed up for the Olympics because of COVID and everything, the Olympics were supposed to be in 20 and the world championships were supposed to be in 21 and everything got moved back a year. That's why I ended up working on this for a whole extra year. So the world athletics championship, Oregon 22 starts this week, starts on Friday and more than 1900 athletes from 192 teams from around the world will all come to Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon uh, to compete. It is the biggest sporting event in the world this year, sisters. It's on TV, yeah. and, on TV in every country. And it's basically, if you want to imagine it, it's like the Olympics with no other sports. It's like, if the, <laughs> okay, okay. okay? That, that's basically what it all is. All right, that's okay. That sounds you good. Know, and track and field is, you know, one of the most exciting parts of the summer Olympics anyway. So I'm fine with no other sports because track and field itself has so many different sports within it. You see, <laughs> like you're talking about all those crazy sports. Well, think about how crazy it is to like throw a javelin. Sometimes right. like, yes. you're on exactly. the field and there are these <laughs> shot puts flying and javelins flying. I'm like, who thought this up? This does not seem safe. So it has the crazy factor built right into it which I like. Um, people from all over the world participate, which I like. It's like every body type because you have the distance runners and the sprinters and the shot putters and like pretty much there's something for everyone in track and field. So the last world championships, which was supposed to be two years ago, but was actually three years ago, as I explained, that was in Doha, Qatar in 2019. And sisters, you may remember, I attended that. Yes. Yes, I, we do. And you reported on that on satellite systems. I did. Yes. yes. I did. That was very. Wow, I totally forgot that, Liz. Yeah. Okay, good. Good point. Seems like a million years yes, ago. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> like last century. Yeah. Okay, good. 
<laughs> so that was very exciting to go to. And that was actually the first ever track and field world championships I ever attended, even though it happens every other year. So it was super exciting. And for, for our U.S.-based listeners, which is most of you, one other really great thing about the World Track and Field Championships is that the United States always wins. <laughs> we know, are very, very good in track and field. We are yeah. very deep in all of the events, you know, whether it's sprinting or distance running or shot put, you know, the in Doha, for instance, the USA won 14 gold medals and 29 medals in all. So, like, it's a very yay, rah, rah, USA kind of thing, if that's what you're up for. So, Liz, are the Russians going to be competing this year? No, no. Okay. The Russians are banned from athletics. Okay. Um, the, uh, but another key thing, Julie, is that, believe it or not, this is the first time this world championship has ever happened in the United States. Like, what took so long? Yeah. Know? So it's never happened in America before. And it's the first time it's happening in what well, we'll just call a small city eugene oregon okay it's not it's not los angeles yeah moscow cutter like all the big other big international cities that have hosted the world championships have been major world capitals and then there's eugene oregon which we really just think of as the capital of track and field right they call it it's called track town usa for a reason so the whole world is coming to track down USA this week. Actually, I was just thinking about it this morning when I woke up. All of the athletes are already here somewhere from all over the world because they come into like the Pacific Northwest a week or a month early. They all have training camps. So if you were going around like colleges all over Oregon and Washington, you'd probably see there are teams who have been there for two or three weeks, like getting used to the climate, getting used to the food, getting used to the time zone. So that's kind of cool that they all come in early and they're practicing all over this part of the country. Then they'll all show up in Eugene like, well, they'll be rolling in today or so. So uh, so that's, I think, another very cool part of it. Are the athletes staying on campus, Liz? Yes. Is it like an Olympic village there at the UVO? Okay. Yes. So the right. university, another thing that's never happened before is that it's actually a university is hosting the event because Hayward Field is part of the University of Oregon. It's not a privately owned facility the way most of these facilities are. So that's pretty unusual. And so the athlete village is on campus. The U.S. team is staying separately. They have their own hotel. But uh, as a member of the board of directors, I've seen all the drawings of the athlete lounges and I've checked out their menus. I mean, it's logistically a crazy thing to put on Mm -hmm. something like this for 10 days. You know, I was watching Wimbledon the other day, Julie. Yes. and, And I was thinking, God, it must be great to run a sporting event where there's only like one sport. I just, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, when you're putting on a big track and field event, you have like all the field events, all the jumping, all the different running from your races that take nine seconds to, you know, marathon through the streets of, um, of Eugene and Springfield, Oregon. There's just a lot of moving parts. So anyway, so I, I've been on the board of directors from the very beginning. They were very committed from the beginning to make sure that um, the board of directors represented men and women equally, and it's also racially diverse. So that was a really important part of 
organizing this whole event in the United States for the first time. And, but I also work on the marketing for the event. And I'll tell you, the marketing is a lot more fun. Being on the board, okay, like every day for the past, I don't know, four months, I've woken up worried about wildfires in Oregon. I mean, that's the yeah, kind yeah. of thing, yeah. that's the kind of thing that you worry about if you're on the board, what would actually stop the event from happening and be bad for the athletes? Uh, so luckily, as I, as I speak this to you, nothing is burning in Oregon right now. I'm hugely relieved. Um, anyway, so the, you know, the board of directors, you work on, you know, the security plan and like all of that kind of stuff. On the marketing side, which I've been doing, it's much more fun because then you're working with the athletes and like young track and field athletes. I mean, everyone's like between the age of like 18 and say 35, they're mm -hmm. super nice, very fun to work with. They're not, even though most of these athletes are at the top of their game worldwide, obviously that's why they're coming to the world championships. They're, the good news and the bad news is they're not as famous as athletes in a lot of other sports. So they really, even though they're like multi-time gold medal winners, they love working with you. They want to promote their sport. They want to get, get out there. So a lot of what I've been doing is sort of helping to tell the athlete stories so that people can start to get excited about all these great young competitors. And another good thing for the U.S. is that not only do we have a really great team, we have a super young team. So the athletes you're going to see in the next couple of weeks at the World Championships will probably be at the Paris Olympics. And we'll probably, oh, okay. and we'll probably okay. be at the Los right. Angeles Olympics. So, so pay attention. Yes. Get, okay. get to know them. Yeah. You've got to get on board with your people now, Julie. Right. All right. I, 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 okay. You can pick your favorites now and you're going to be able to stay with them through a lot of their career because there a lot of them are like, 21, 22 now. And we'll talk about some of the athletes with Sonia. But anyway, so that's been really fun working with the athletes. But then the other thing that I was particularly interested in is who tells the stories? There's not a lot of press covering track and field right now. And, you know, whereas in the 80s, probably every newspaper in America had like a beat reporter who covered track and field. They would cover high school, college, and professional track. Well, you know, most newspapers are gone now. And so a lot of the people that uh, used to write all those stories are gone now, or it's the same old people as it ever was. And so we kind of noticed early on that the press corps that covers track and field tends to be pretty old, pretty white, and pretty male. And so for the last three years, I've been working on a program it's called the Magic Boost to sort of train up the young storytellers who love track and field, but a more diverse group of people to be in the media and uh, more women, more people of color. And so we've been running this training program. Now we've had two full summers of running it. And it's great because we went out, people had to apply, but we found people like you know, 21 year olds with a YouTube channel that was completely devoted to track and field, but because they were just YouTubers, they never got invited to like big time track and field meets. So, so we started inviting them to come officially professionally cover these events. Uh, that's, we did that for the first time last summer. And now this summer, almost all of the young people that we trained last summer got actual jobs covering the event this summer. 
So now that's great, Liz. How how for fun you. and how satisfying. Oh, yeah. it's so satisfying. I can't even tell you. Like I at the USA's that where the media hangs out, it's called the mixed zone. And that's where if you watch the athletes like exit the field, they always have to talk to one person, right? But then once they go through that tunnel and come out the other side, that's where the mixed zone is. And that's where all of the journalists are standing in these big scrums waiting to ask the athletes questions. And like three years ago, if you looked at the faces in the mixed zone, as I said, it was not diverse at all. It was very male and it was very old. And at at USA's, all of a sudden, we had all these new young faces asking really great questions. They're super knowledgeable about the sport, but they're also, honestly, I just got to say, they're just having more fun with it. They're not... They're not grumpy. <laughs> I think there was a gr- there was a grumpy factor in the in the press corps that we were just trying to address with a little youthful enthusiasm. Or as we said in our planning for this, we wanted to give it's a young person's sport and we wanted to give it a young person's voice. Well, so, hopefully we'll hear different kinds of stories and different oh, comments from totally, the athletes. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. guess what, Julie? The athletes also react to them differently. Yeah, that's I would, I would say if you're talking with someone your same age versus yeah. someone that's 40 years older than you. you yeah. Might, yeah. So this program, there was a, a young journalist. His name is Chris Chavez. He was working for Sports Illustrated covering track and field, but also running his own you know, website, podcast, YouTube channel called Sidious on the side, which was just hardcore track for the hardcore fan. But as a like young Hispanic man, he's the one that came to us and said, you know, there's nobody who looks like me in the mix zone. And I think we need to start addressing that for the long-term health of the sport. So it was with Chris Chavez of Sidious Mag and a journalism professor at the University of Oregon named Lori Shantz, who runs a whole course on how to cover track and field. We put together this class that we've been running, as I say, like the last two summers straight through. And it's just super satisfying to see how they've um, like stepped up into these jobs and in the uh, like in the Facebook page as the world champs start, I'll put some of the things they're posting there. Anyway, so that's been the most fun. I mean, it's all been fun, but now it's really go time. Uh, but just seeing like all these new voices of the sport and these new young athletes that America is just going to get to know and we'll be able to follow for the next, you know, through to the LA Olympics. That's basically what I've been doing since uh, 2019, sisters. <laughs> yeah, and it's all coming to fruition this this in the next this couple of it. weeks. It's exciting, Liz. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I hope people you. will watch with new eyes. You know, knowing knowing that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Oh, one more cool thing to watch for during the World Champs. We're doing something that's never been done before at the Olympics or at any World Champs, sisters. It's called instant medals. That's what we're doing. Instant medals. So. The moment you cross the finish line, first, second, or third, boom, you're going to get your medal right there. Really? Yes. yes. So you're not going to have the big medal ceremony? There will or- be a medal ceremony later, you know, with the flag and the anthem and all of that. But the moment, the we wanted the athletes to have their medals for their victory lap. You oh, know, that's a great idea. That's I, so fun. Yes, so fun. Not my idea, but I was fully on board the moment. Anything that's better for the athletes, that's more fun for the athletes, I think that's what we should be doing, right? The sportocrats, right. sportocrats don't get to make all the decisions. So, uh, so yeah, so they'll be able to do their victory lap. 
with the, the flag of their country, which they always have, and also their medal right there on them. And uh, I think that covers, you know, they're so joyful in that moment. I really, right. I'm really looking forward to that. So watch for that on the TV coverage, because that's something you will have never seen before. Oh, Ooh, that's good neat. tip. Yes, that's neat. Okay. Uh, all right. So Liz, just one note, though. I'm thinking out loud here. It's like a producer production meeting out loud. You should really put a lot of stuff on Instagram. Yes. I mean, okay. our Facebook page yes. is great, but you should also okay. like feel free to post away at, over at Sat Sisters on Instagram. That would be fun, too. To okay. See some of your that's stuff. what I'll I, do. I don't mean to give you more work, but no, no, (laughs) Liam asked me the other day. So what do you actually do with the world champs? Right. I mean, the thing is, most of my work is done by now. But one thing I am doing is making videos with athletes and celebrities for social media. And yeah. so I'll have lots of fun stuff. Oh, good, Liz. So post those, post those away. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, wait a minute. We have an Instagram feed you can use. <laughs> wait a minute. What are we thinking? <laughs> At Sad Sisters. Go for it. At Sad Sisters. Yeah. Okay. You, you're on. I will, I will make sure there's some fun stuff there. So this all leads up to our guest for today, right? Because we thought, okay. This is our Satellite Sister Sports Spectacular for the summer of 2022. Who could we get that would really bring it? You know, and it's, as I said, track and field slash, slash athletics, biggest event of the year worldwide. So, I mean, I know a little bit, but our guest today, Sonia Richards-Ross, she knows everything. So she's one of the key voices on the NBC broadcast team, as well as herself being an Olympic and world champion sprinter. She was born in Jamaica, moved to the USA when she was young, and always competed for the USA. And Sonia serves with me on the board of directors of Oregon 22, too. So it's been fun to get to know her over the last few years. And it's also that's why I had her email address so we could get her to come on the show. (laughs) Good work, Liz. Yeah. Woo. That's the key. That's the key, Joel. But here's the thing. In addition to Sonia, she's got it all going on. In addition to being on the biggest sporting event of the year, she's also the newest cast member of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So have you ever wondered, Julie, what it's really like to be to be on one of those shows? Yeah, no, I really, no, I, well, yes and no, <laughs> but so I, I, but I look forward to hearing what she has to say about yes, it yes. or why so she I, did this. Yes. I think exactly. Sonia's our first housewife. I don't, I we've never had is. a housewife on right. that. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so we have Sonia Richards Ross. She's going to spill a little tea on what that experience being a housewife behind the scenes. What's that really like? So Sonia's up next. At Satellite Sisters, we love the products from OseaMalibu.com. Don't we, Liz? I mean, love it's them. seaweed-infused moisture just coming at us 24-7. I feel like it is a major pillar of my entire wellness program, Leanne, or the Osea products. Anything seaweed-infused, that has to be good for you, right? And it feels so good going on and smells so delicious. And they it really lasts. You know, other moisturizers promise that it's going to work for days. No, the Osea like moisture duo, it is working for days. I it mean, is. it's it incredible. Is. We love the Andaria Algae Body Oil. We talked mm. about that over and over mm. again. We love the Andaria Algae Body Butter. I mean, that is indulgent and buttery rich. 
Liz, it's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. 72 really? hours, Liz. I love okay. that. Yeah. And then and then what about the anti-aging body balm? Have you tried that? The more balm, the better in my <laughs> life, I say. And the Mega Moisture Duo, you're going to want to check that out. You get the body oil and the body lotion together, and it makes your skin visibly firmer. Oh, that is a yeah. dream come true to satellite sisters and misters everywhere, isn't it? This is the time of year to really be thinking about the moisturizing. <laughs> okay. So we want you to check out all the wonderful products at Osea. Glow from the inside out with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Satellite sisters, misters, misters, you're going to get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com, and OSEA is spelled O-S-E-A, OSEAMalibu.com, and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. We love Jenny <laughs> Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan. That's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the Hot again, cold again, weather we're having, you know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. You look minimalist, effortless, and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do, Leanne. Uh, I got compliments on it, too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your, your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. Okay, we're back. Joining us now is our sports spectacular satellite sister, Sonia Richards-Ross, four-time Olympic gold medalist, five-time world champion, NBC broadcaster for this, this week's World Track and Field Championships, and the newest cast member this season, a Real Housewives of Atlanta, Sonia. I gotta say, <laughs> when I look at everything you are up to, is there some kind of career heptathlete medal? That we <laughs> Welcome to Satellite Sisters. <laughs> Thank you so much, Liz. Again, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I don't think I am in a heptathlon race. I just, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but they always say Jamaicans have like seven jobs. Well, you know, here I am holding that true. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a Jamaican thing. Good it's a Jamaican know. thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we do have a lot to cover and not too much time. So we're going to start with the world championships yes. because that's 10 days of live television for you starting yes. this week. So are you ready? Or as the athletes would say, are you peaking at the right time? Sonia? Are, you, <laughs> are you peaking right now? 
I am peaking right now. And I am over the moon excited that the world championships are on American soil. What a big deal this is for the athletes and for all of us. And, you know, it's our goal at NBC and as broadcasters to make the meet as big, as grandiose as we can, and to really celebrate the great performances that we'll see over these 10 days. So I really can't wait. Yeah. I mean, we love track and field. We talk about it all the time uh, on Satellite Sisters. So it's just unexpected, but we don't care. Um, <laughs> Considering we're slow white girls, basically. <laughs> so I'll just point out the obvious. <laughs> so, but you know, obviously you were a star in the sport and now you broadcast the sport. What makes track and field so special to you? Oh, man, that's such a great question. I feel like I've been asked so many questions. I don't think anybody has ever asked me that before. Um, I think that track and field is so special because it is kind of that mano y mano, um, you know, you versus me. It's almost like that, you know, the, the thing that when you were a kid, it's like, you're not faster than me, you know, and it's yes. like- that Race ultimate, you to the tree. Yeah. Yes, you know, it's like that ultimate test of, 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 of physical and mental strength. Yeah. And I think for me, the 400 was supremely special because it really pushed you mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I learned so much from the 400 about how to like live my whole life. And so, yeah, I just think track and field is beautiful because anybody can participate. There is sprinting, there is the distance, there's the throws, there's the drums, the jumps. It's so diverse. It's so inclusive. Um, and I think that's what really makes our sport so special. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. There's something for everyone, every body type, every skill yeah. level. So, but one of the reasons I love listening to you as an analyst, Sonia, is that you get so excited about every athlete <laughs> and every event. And, and not only do you have your facts down, you have it down, but you really have your heart in every single race. I really do. I, I absolutely love what I get to do. I've always loved the sport. I'm a fan of the sport. And I feel like what I just want the viewers to feel is just how amazing these performances are. I used to feel when I watched track and field prior, they always would talk about maybe your past failures or, you know, right. things that I felt didn't really elevate the athletes we were watching. And so I've kind of made it my goal to really allow the viewers to understand how incredible the performances are, how dedicated these athletes are to their craft. Um, and that they should be celebrated. So I genuinely yeah. get really excited to see the performances. <laughs> that really well, comes through in your true. broadcasting. Were you nervous making that transition to the booth from after years of being interviewed yourself? Was it a weird transition or were you ready? Leah, I don't think I had time to be nervous. I okay. literally, I literally in 2016, I was going for my final Olympics. I had three surges on my right big toe at this point. I had I already decided this was going to be my final year on the track because my quality of life was equally as important to me as my success on the track. And it was just really becoming difficult to train and all of those things. And I remember at the Olympic trials when I had pulled my hamstring the week before and I didn't finish running, Lewis Johnson asked me in my interview, he says, you know, you've done so well on the track. Like, what will you do next? And I said, oh, I want to start a family. I want to write a book and I'd love to start commentating, you know, become a broadcaster. And I was in the booth three days later. <laughs> oh my God. I literally had oh my no God. time. And now Lewis, now Lewis is your broadcast partner. And now you work with Lewis. Yeah, can you imagine that? 
That's wow. amazing. That's yeah. fa- that's a great story. Well, you were ready then. You were totally ready. <laughs> my, 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 my people ask me, and I say for the last two years of my career, I really started to uh, think about my life post track and field. Like I was like, I have so much to contribute to the world. I'm so much more than an athlete. And so, yes, I was emotionally, spiritually ready for the transition. I didn't think it would happen that fast. Um, yeah. but it was, it was amazing. Well, one of the things that really comes through with you too, is that I mean, you know, the athletes, you know, their coaches, you know, their families, you're rooting for every single one to have the best race they possibly can. So I always wonder what it feels like to you when someone really does not not have a good day on the track or they don't have the race they expected or they don't make the team. I was thinking this year, Gabby Thomas might be a really good example. She -hmm. was such a breakout star in the 200 last year at the Olympics Mm -hmm. and didn't even make the team this year. And I saw her crying in her interviews afterwards and I, and my heart really broke for her. And I thought, how do you as a professional, but also as a supporter, how do you talk to an athlete after an experience like that? Yeah. I mean, I am like you, Liz, my heart breaks so often for athletes who have, you know, these big dreams and it just seems like everything was perfect and then it doesn't work out. Um, But I, I also relate to them because I've had very similar experiences myself And I think it's an easier conversation for me to have with athletes than most because I've been there. I failed on the largest stage in 2008 and it was it was crushing. Um, But I also know what it looks like to rebound. And so I always go in and, you know, of course, I hold their hand in that moment because I know you don't really want to hear about the future right then. You just want somebody to be and sit with you. I remember this with uh, Kenny Harrison when she didn't make the, you know, didn't make the podium and. It's, it's, it's not easy, but I always, even with Gabby, Gabby works with Tanja Buford Bailey, who I'm really close with. That's her coach in Texas. And I talked to Tanja after the race and, you know, she was struggling with a little bit of a hamstring injury. So it wasn't a surprise to them that she didn't mm-hmm. run as well. Um, but it's still heartbreaking because you don't have any more time. You don't get to say, oh, well, I did Brom, bronze from last year. Can I just get a chance? It just doesn't work right. that way. Um, and so, you know, I just try to share my experiences with them and tell them that the best is still yet to come and, you know, keep believing in yourself. Don't give up. But yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes in the booth. Like I have to sometimes put the cough on because I'm so emotional. <laughs> like sometimes, like, oh my God, like this mm-hmm. is, you know, just cause I don't want the audience to hear, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm very vested in, in their success as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, that comes through. So on the bright side, let's talk about, tell us, who are the women you are most excited to see this year in the world championships? Who should be, who should we, whose bandwagon should we get on right now, Sonia? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the, the young stars who um, had phenomenal meets in Tokyo will be back, right? Like, I love, I know you guys will agree watching a thing Mo compete. I mean, she totally. is just unbelievable. 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 Um, I loved how Ajay Wilson pushed her uh, and really also to me found her confidence, you know, like Ajay Wilson is a force we reckon with herself. And it's like she just, you know, remembered who she was at that uh, world at at the world championship qualifiers, the U.S. Nationals. And so to me, that makes for a very compelling race with her Keely Hodgkinson's and Ajay Wilson. So I'm super excited about the women's 800. Right. The women's 800. Okay. Number one. Obviously, obviously Sydney McLaughlin um, oh, in yeah. 100 oh, right. hurdles to see her break the world record. I mean, every big final she's been in, she's broken the world record. Like, 
That, that is a good happened. habit. I think, don't you always say winning is a habit? I think I've heard you You're that. You're listening mostly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> winning is a habit, and I guess breaking the world record is a habit, too. And Sydney McLaughlin does it every time. So I'm excited to see her. Dalila Muhammad, who obviously had the buy, so she didn't have to compete. So she, you know, was um, is going to be there as well. I'm looking forward to that matchup. And, you know, the, the newest breakout star, Abby Steiner in the women's 200. Yeah, fun to see her. Fun. That yeah. was fun to see her run last yeah. week. Yeah, I was looking forward to the Gabby-Abby matchup. Obviously, <laughs> you know, Gabby didn't wasn't able to be at her best. But I'm so excited that we have such a great representative in Abby. Um, yeah. She's obviously had a very long season, which sometimes you'll see that, like, you know, um, hamper the collegiate stars just a bit when they go to the world championships albeit it's a little bit earlier in the year as opposed to normally these, this meets a month later. So I'm excited to see how she fares against the Jamaicans, yeah. um, you know, and, um, and then. Okay, we- wait. Okay. okay. Then let's talk about the Jamaicans. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> six. What is the Jamaican secret? What? <laughs> the Jamaicans are amazing. Sonia. I mean, it, it, it is insane. Um, I have my theories as to why I think the Jamaicans are so good. Um, and some of them I think are credible. Some are just a little bit, you know. <laughs> when crazy things are happening, you have crazy reasons for it, right? Okay. Um, but I do, I so a couple of the real logical reasons I think that Jamaicans do so well in track and field is that it is the most popular sport in, on the island. So you find that the best athletes gravitate towards the sport. In the United States, you know, the best athletes may not end up in track and field. They might go to baseball or basketball or, you know, football, especially on the men's side. So I think that's a part of why you see such phenomenal athletes in track and field in Jamaica. I also think because of the great history and legacy of the sport, the coaches, like when I was there, when I was seven, I was being coached by the national coach. Like he was coaching Veronica Campbell, Merlene Adi. So imagine that wealth of knowledge being passed on and you're, you're being tutored at seven by yeah. the best the best coaches on the island. So that's also a huge benefit. People also oh, that's something because like our athletes are coached by their dads. At right. Anyway, so. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or someone else's dad, which right. is even worse. <laughs> right. So that definitely gives them an edge. Um, people always talk about the great food, right? The food is just the natural food that grows on the island. There's very mm. few preservatives and all those kinds of things. So people say that. That's so interesting about the coaching and the food. I would not have put all of that together, but here we go. Let's switch gears now to talk about your new role as a real housewife, because I want to know which is harder for you, Sonia, competing in your first Olympics or being a new cast member on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, towing the line with that lineup, I frankly thought, oh my God, Sonia is too nice for this, but turns out you're not. Turns out you're not too nice. (laughs) So I'm definitely going to say that the Housewives of Atlanta has been, is definitely harder than the Olympics. Um, Really? Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like I was born to run. I don't know if I was born for this. (laughs) There has been so many unexpected twists and turns on this journey so far. And I'm definitely here for the ride, but it's been, it's been very interesting. Um, but I am enjoying it. I really am enjoying it. And I really went onto the platform to create genuine relationships. Um, and, um, you know, how's that, how's that going? Yeah. You know, some is working, some's not. <laughs> some people aren't signed up for the same things I'm signed up for. 
Um, so okay, well, I, I loved, you had a flex earlier this season where you brought out your gold medals. <laughs> and there was some pushback from, from the housewives. They thought that was a little bit too much of a flex. And they accused you of being a clout chaser. And your answer, which I love, just like, I am the clout. I am. <laughs> Good I mean, for you. You have to let people know, right? I'm like, I was, I actually was really hurt by that. I was really hurt when Drew insinuated that I was clout chasing because I think sometimes people forget <laughs> just how hard it is to become an Olympic gold medalist. And I, ironically, I was doing a speech the other day and someone else said the number. It's like 0.00000003% chance that you'll ever become an Olympic champion. I was like, I could just remind these housewives. It's <laughs> <laughs> no easy feat to do what I have done, but no, I just, it, it's par for the course on this show. <laughs> is it, is it fun to do? I mean, is it, it are was. you having fun? Okay. I, I, I definitely had a lot more fun um, than, than it might appear. Um, okay. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, the editing, you could be having a completely different experience than what exactly. the editor chooses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think the best parts for me, obviously, are my moments with my family, which yes. I absolutely love getting to show my family. My mom and dad are here. My sister. Those are my favorite parts. Obviously, it's a little bit tricky with the girls sometimes because there's, you know, you, misunderstandings. I genuinely always try to come from a good place, but I do try to stand my ground. Um, and, you know, bring a different flavor to the show, but it definitely has been fun. You know, I was surprised that your mom and your sister moved in with you. That also seems like a lot of multi-generational <laughs> yeah. living. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how's that going? Still going great. So here's what happened. We, um, we lived in Texas for 13 years. My mom actually moved when I was a sophomore in college. My mom and dad moved to, to, to Texas and we lived about five minutes away from each other. And then COVID happened and we were at my mom's house every day. Like we were basically quarantining together because we weren't going anywhere else. We weren't really hanging out in the house. And I was like, you know, this wasn't all that bad. And so when I decided that I wanted to move to Atlanta, my mom and dad were like, hey, we're going to go back to Florida because we had never intended to live in Austin, Texas. And my sister was planning to possibly move to Dallas. And so I said, hey, hey, wait, before we all break up the band, why not try Atlanta and see if you guys like it? Um, and so, so far, I think my mom and dad are sold. I think they're going to buy a house here. Um, my sister's still on the fence. Um, but to be very honest with you, as crazy as it sounds, I love living with my family. Like, That's neat. Yeah, it's, especially because I travel so much. I work so much. Like when I leave my son, he's still at home, has the same routines. Mm -hmm. I don't have any other kids. He's an only child. So he's growing up with his cousins, which is just like, you know, it's like I honestly couldn't ask for a better situation. I don't know if they would say the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> All right. I read that in the second half of the season, did I get this right? That the whole cast is going to Jamaica. Yeah. So now, now you have the whole cast on your home soil. That right. must be an advantage. Well, I was sometimes. And other times you'd be like, you're not using this to your advantage, my friend. <laughs> you are getting beat down. Um, but it was really fun because I, it was my trip. I got to invite the girls on my trip to Jamaica. I was actually going there to work with the company iFit that I've done some incredible workout uh, sessions with. I love that the brand is just amazing. And so they brought the entire cast down and it was nice because they got to really understand more about my culture, 
we went to the track there's actually a race on the track like I think for my fans, for people who love it, know and love me, they're really going to appreciate, you know, seeing those okay. couple episodes with the cast there. But, woo, they act up on cast trips. That's all you get. <laughs> okay. So Leon and I were talking about, like, the spirit of sisterhood. Because that's what Satellite Sisters is about, Sonia, as you know. And, Leon, you were making the point, like, who's got the, bi- the bigger sense of sisterhood? Is it the fellow cast members or a relay team right yeah I was I was re-watching some of your races to prep you know we do prep too and so uh (laughs) you know that four by 400 in in Uh, Beijing was amazing that come from behind win you beat the Russians that team I mean I'm crying at the end (laughs) so so is that more of a sisterhood is there any bad blood between the relay people or is that is it it all forgiven question another great question um the sisterhood is definitely stronger on the relay and um, it's all for, the bad blood is all forgiven. So obviously, you know, track and field is tricky because up until we run the relay together, most of the times we're rivals, right? Like right. we're lining yeah. up in the individuals and you want to beat the person who you're teaming up with uh, at the end of the meet. But there's something about that relay that is just magical and all is forgiven and you have this great appreciation for your teammates because you actually hope on that day that they're better than you. Like, I want you to be your very best on this day, you know? So you really pull for each other. And there was something like when we walked out in that USA uniform, we felt like we were superheroes. And it was like, you guys are not going to beat us. We don't care who you who you are or where you're from. And then, yeah, that's something that's very hard to recreate. So I wish that we could model that for my sisters on the housewives because we were going to go for that. <laughs> We're looking forward to that next season. Some yeah. kind of race, some kind of race. That's yes, a relay okay. race. Yes, a relay race. <laughs> so the uh, so in the show we get glimpses of your husband, NFL quarterback Aaron Ross, and your son, Aaron Ross the second, who you called Ducey, which yes. I think is so cute. Thanks. So final question: Are they going to be with you in Eugene? I mean, World Champ starts in two days. Do they go with you, or is it all work, no time with mommy? No. So my husband and son wanted to come. Um, my husband ended up last minute having to take a trip. And so we're, they're not sure they're going to come, but I'm hoping they'll come for the final few days of the world championships. I always tell them for the best days, like, you know, that my husband would probably enjoy the most are the first two or three or the last two or three, because the hundred, four hundreds, and then the four by four relays. So um, at this point, it looks like they may come for the end of the meet, but they did travel with me uh, when I was uh, broadcasting the other day and they, we've been, you know, trying to spend time together while I'm on the road. So it's been great, but we'll just have, just have to see if this one will work out. And I, I hope it does. I love when they come to the meets. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll be there the whole time, but Lee and you and your family are coming up for the final weekend, right? Right. I'll be there. I'll be there the final weekend. So if your family doesn't show, I'll, <laughs> my family got, can stay. I got my satellite sisters. You, exactly. you always got your satellite sisters. Thank you so much, Sonia, for, for talking to us before, before the meet really starts. So good luck everyone just now. NBC, that's where you'll find Sonia. We, we will post the broadcast schedule in the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Leon, maybe you can put it in the newsletter too. Yep. But but Sonia's the one. So, so, Sonia tells you what you need to know, whether you know, whether you know a lot about track and field or you don't. Listen to your sister, Sonia. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much for having Thanks. me. Thanks. Delightful. Our pleasure. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye.
We are so happy at Satellite Sisters to have BritBox as a sponsor. You know, we love it. It's the streaming home of the best British television with exclusive mysteries, crime dramas, comedies, documentaries, and more. Julie, what's your fave? Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie's a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Harry Grant. And oh. you know, what's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant. But also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns. It's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend. So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. Liz, it's the time of the show when I talk about my hair. You don't mind, do you? <laughs> It's one of my favorite times because you have very good hair, Leanne. I would say of all the sisters, you are at near the top. You and Monica both have excellent, full, thick hair. The rest of us, we're all along a spectrum. Okay. Well, I would like to thank pros for my hair, uh -huh. uh, you know, because I have really been sticking with this pros regimen for a couple of years now, and I keep adding pieces to it to really enrich my whole pros experience. I can't tell you, I get a lot of compliments on my hair. I'm very happy with my hair. I don't have too many bad hair days. Uh, and I feel like it's healthy hair, which is really yes. great. I, I'm not overworking it or overusing the products. They all work together, Liz. That's because at pros, you get, you take that personal quiz, you know, yeah. yes. they're going to analyze 85 factors. And so they handpick clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get me closer to my hair goals with every wash, Liz, hair goals. I feel I like take... they understand your hair. By the time you get to the bottom of that list, 85 things, they know your hair. That's right. So I'm taking the hair vitamins. I take the hair vitamins. It's made a huge difference. The pros sends me every month. Great. I'll just take the vitamins, the shampoo, the conditioner. Sometimes I need the leave-in conditioner. Sometimes I need the pre-shampoo treatment. I use it all. It makes a huge difference. So pros, thank you so much. They are the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral too. If that's important to you, fantastic. Yeah, pros is a certified B Corp and an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. We love pros and we'd like you to try it. Get your own custom made-to-order hair care from Pros. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, 50% off the wow. first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping on every subscription order after that. Here's where you go. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And Pros is P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters 
for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. Wow, I just love talking to Sonia. You can see why she's so great on TV, can't you? She just is so warm and enthusiastic and positive. She's the best. But she is really good at her job uh -huh. on television. She makes a big difference in that booth too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe she got that gig like three weeks after she stopped being an athlete. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. an amazing story. I had yeah. no idea. All right, so we are going to have a link in the show notes about everywhere you can watch the world championships between July 14th and 25th. But there's one key tip. Every single event, NBC does the whole thing. So every single event will be on Peacock. But mm -hmm. those telecasts, the Peacock telecasts, are what's known as the world feed. So that's the coverage that gets produced for the rest of the world. So it does not feature the NBC talent. It's still great, but no Sonia, right? Okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to see why we love Sonia, you have to watch the NBC coverage. So the NBC broadcast team does all the coverage that you can see on NBC, CNBC, and USA Network. I know it sounds complicated, but the schedule we have lays it out really simply. And if you're watching, we're going to be sitting in section 217. So watch out for that. <laughs> okay. With a sign, you're going to have some kind of sign, a flag. Okay. Good Come idea. On. Some kind of flag. Yeah, satellite sister sign. Yeah, I mean, I can bring that sign. I'll bring that. I'll, I'll you're bring the that marketing sign. genius, Liz. Come on. <laughs> okay, I'll bring that sign that um that Cheryl brought me in Santa Fe. I got oh, it. I got a foam core sign already. It's on, I'm okay. on it. Hey, I'll bring it. Um, while you're at the track and field championships for the first week, Julie and I are going to be holding down the fort here at Satellite Sisters HQ. Next week on the show, we're happy to welcome longtime listener and nutritionist Stephanie Weaver. She's mm -hmm. going to join us to talk about her new cookbook, The Migraine Relief Plan Cookbook. Stephanie has been a longtime migraine sufferer, mm -hmm. and she has helped to combat that with diet and lifestyle changes, and she has a lot of knowledge in this area. Migraines are so common. Stephanie is going to walk us through her personal journey and then share a couple of her favorite recipes and nutritional tips for how she's worked to combat her migraine. So I'm really looking forward to talking. Me too, Lee. And I, yeah. I think this will be very valuable. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we know people that have migraine and yes. it is, it is rough. So uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're having Stephanie on looking forward to that. So join us next week. Julie and I will be with Stephanie Weaver. All right, Jill, entertaining sisters, but -um -ba you're big. You've been I, working on this list for months now, for months now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, when you think about top sports movies, okay. Your favorite of all time. Uh, I wanted to pick out my, some of my favorites for this satellite sisters, summer sports spectacular. Okay. We have to start number one slot, a league of their own. Okay. This is a Satellite Sister solid gold choice. The movie has everything. Sisters, baseball, Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna in the center field, and Tom Hanks telling the players there's no crying in baseball, right? <laughs> I had forgotten Madonna was in that. Oh, yes, yes. she's in center field. Yes. And do you realize the movie is celebrating its 30th anniversary? I saw that. That's neat. I like I like these movie celebrations. I'm all I'm down for those. Okay, so okay. so put that on your list. Good choice. My second favorite is sort of a little more unusual. Bend it like Beckham. Did you ever oh. see this movie? It's yeah. a many times. Wonderful coming of age, cultural assimilation, girl power story. 
about a, Jess who wants to play soccer like her idol, David Beckham, but she struggles with to respect her traditional Indian family values. It's set in England. And hello, I had forgotten this. Kieran Knightley, okay, yes. who, who I cannot see kicking a soccer ball at all. <laughs> she plays Jess's best friend and is on the team. And if you're a David Beckham fan, okay, he has a cute cameo in this. Who okay, is not choice. a David Beckham fan? Come on. <laughs> okay. Good choice. All right. Okay. Now, okay. Then we came to the another baseball one. And uh, my husband just was like, well, you have to put Field of Dreams on there, you know, because we, <laughs> we have seen it, I don't know, a hundred times, but I went with Bull Durham. Okay. Oh, it was really uh, one reason why I went with uh, Bull Durham. It's one of my favorite uh, baseball movies, but it's the kitchen scene with yes. Susan Sarandon, Kevin Costner. Okay. That's Super sexy. It. sexy. Okay. Sexy. That's it. Right. Woo. Yeah. But the movie is all about baseball. It's very deep on the topic of baseball, but it also has such a nice, easy, breezy, romantic comedy to it. So I love that. Okay. I also love Rocky. Okay. Oh, what about Rocky one, Rocky one, the first one. <laughs> you realize how groundbreaking that was. Okay. It's the ultimate underdog movie, right? Yeah. And that is the best theme song ever. Like, don't you still use that music sometimes to get yourself going? <laughs> I have almost tiger. every aerobics class I've ever been in. Even <laughs> my pool aerobics, they they use the Rocky theme. It I mean, it wow. just was, it was all there. And Talia Shire, I mean, she just shines in that movie. I mean, I know it's a, I, the other ones, who knows? I know it's debated, but the original was yeah. priceless. Okay. Yeah, I remember mom taking us to see that, Julie. That's you it. do? Oh, okay. Okay. No okay. idea what year that was, but it's like we went to a movie theater in Bridgeport, Connecticut to see that movie. Okay. Yeah. Rocky, you were there. Okay. What about Hoop Dreams? Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen, yeah. Listen. Yeah. I mean, this is such an excellent documentary following two young Chicago based basketball prospects that are trying to like break out of their about out of, out of the city, use their athletic ta talents to get a better life. Um, but the, these two stars, they face racism, poverty, injury. They're just roadblocks after roadblocks on their journey to make their dreams come true. Um, it's a documentary, but I, it will leave you in tears. And it, it's just one of the best things ever done. Don't you think? Agreed. Agreed. Yes. A great documentary. Okay. So you got three sisters in agreement about that. <laughs> the next one, how about the original Friday Night Lights, Leanne? I mean, long before there was Kyle Chandler as coach Eric Taylor, there was Billy Bob Thornton and Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw's in the original movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it follows the, um, the coach and the players of a high school football team in Odessa, Texas. And I guess because I'm a transplant to Texas, I have come to appreciate what Friday night football means to a lot of Texas communities, how it brings them together. And so this is much more, this movie is much more about culture, uh, than football, uh, the documentarian style um, film work is a little dizzying at, at certain points, but this is well worth it. Okay. Okay. All right. I preferred the TV show because I'm not a Billy Bob Thornton fan, but, but that's, it's a fine choice, Julie. You have been since the opening Marco okay, You have not liked a single thing. Okay. I don't want to hear I your... I don't want to hear your opinion of this next one. Usually okay. I'm happy Marco. to. Okay. This Marco. Paula. Okay. This, this is my surprise final choice. Bad news bears. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, it was okay. a good one. That's a oh, great come movie. on. Haven't we all been on a team for yeah. work or play where you feel like you're with a group of misfits or outcasts? I mean, this movie is about kids who never even expected to care about competing or winning. Tatum O'Neill is in it. Okay. She's that, she's that star pitcher, Walter Matthau. He plays an alcoholic ex-baseball pitcher. He's pretty funny as the coach, but it's the ending involving a championship game and a big celebration that is just, it's priceless. So I, I don't know. I I had to go with bad news bears. If you were going to pick a movie other than these, what would you guys have picked for the list? Um, A huge fan of breaking away. Remember that movie about the cyclists in Indiana, the the kid from Indiana, who's just enamored of the Italian cyclists. I just love that movie. Uh, That's kind of a cult classic. And then, um, you know, I'd like to see my sport represented and that would be figure skating. So um, (laughs) I love the rom-com, the cutting edge. About okay. The, the yeah. Warring okay. hair skaters. Come on. That how about is... how about Blades of Glory, Lee, and the Will Ferrell? Blades <laughs> no. of Glory? No, no. Okay. That's no, just not. No, that's Liz. disrespectful to my sport, Liz. The cutting edge, Liz, is a much better version of that. <laughs> Liz, do you have a favorite track and field well, movie you know, or something? Well, track favorite track and field movie, as a matter of fact, without limits is a fantastic movie made at the University of Oregon. It's about Steve Prefontaine. Oh, that is a good movie. Oh, I I like that movie. Good, good choice. Really super good movie. But then for other sports movies, I, I thought, okay, one drama, one comedy, the drama. It's hard to beat Robert Redford in Downhill Racer Sisters. Come on. That's, that's a good one. You know, that it's Robert Redford in his time, in his youth, (laughs) with with downhill skiing. So And in in those stretch ski pants. Yeah. Really good. That is a good movie. That represents that sport very well, I think. And then, I don't know, does Caddyshack count as a... Yes, It was almost almost on my list. It was, I mean, it's still, it's still fresh when you watch that movie. So... I mean, don't worry. You just have to, yeah, you have to smile. So those are, those would be my one serious, one silly choice. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, Julie, it's an excellent list. I'm sure people will want to add to it. We're going to put the full list in pep talk this week, but um, you should, you know, feel free to, to carry on on the Facebook page. I'm sure people will have many, many titles to add. It's fun to think about things. There've been a lot of great sports movies, but you know, what's better than sports movies, sports also excellent, (laughs) excellent drama. You never know the ending. You never never know know. the ending. Right. That's different every time. That's what makes sports so great. All right. Just a quick mention, Julie Foudy, you know, the U.S. soccer player, she has a really fun podcast called Laughter Permitted, where she just laughs a lot, but she's super smart. She has a lot of great athletes on uh, and then coaches and people who have been in and around sports for a long time. But she did a whole series of podcasts on Title IX because it's the 50th anniversary of Title IX this year. And so everything from talking to lawyers, talking to coaches and journalists, all kinds of aspects of Title Title IX, but she just has a very simple and straightforward conversation with her good friend, Mia Hamm, uh, and both of them were beneficiaries of the early days of Title IX. And Mm -hmm. so to hear them talk about 
the fact that there were no teams for them to play on when they were younger, they had to play on the boys teams. There were no soccer scholarships, like none of the infrastructure existed. It was just kind of getting started. It just really took me back to what some of these female pioneer athletes um, went through and how important their contribution was and what a huge difference even from 1999 to uh, 2022 there is in terms of women's participation and your ability as a fan to watch women's sports and to have women's sports be covered. There's still a long way to go, but it's a fun series of podcasts. Laughter Permitted is the name of Julie Foudy's podcast. So you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast, except if you're listening at satellitesisters.com, which many people do, but we'll put a, put a thing in the show notes. Um, hey, as long as we're talking about women, one thing I didn't put in the in the outline on Monday, the 18th at the World Championships, there's a special salute to the women of the sport, the women who pioneered the sport and uh, and also to Title IX. So uh, Joni Benoit Samuelson will be there. Oh, Johnny Joyner Kersey will be there. Catherine Switzer, the first woman to run in the Boston Marathon, will be there. So that will be a special moment during the day on Monday, but I'm sure that will make the television coverage Monday night. So you can watch out for that. You know what? You should you should also put it on our Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. just do what Liam says. <laughs> okay. Apparently, it. I am going to be a media outlet at this, yes. at this event. Okay, all right. I, well, I, it sounds like you have some access. I do. So, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I can't. I'm not allowed on the field though, but I I have other access. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up here. I just want to mention, I happened to be on two different podcasts this week. It was just a, a, a unusual scheduling. One is Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books by Zibby <laughs> Owens. Yeah, it's a fun podcast. She gets lots of great authors. I'm happy to talk to her. It's a wide ranging conversation about my book, but then we also talk about podcasting and our love of newsletters and, and my next book. So it was always uh, fun to talk to Zibby. I'll put links to that around. And then this week, I'm also talking to our friends over at Happier in Hollywood, Liz and Sarah. They are thinking about writing a novel. So I talk to them about the process of fiction writing. So it's a very different conversation with them. How fun. About like how oh, you actually like a good conversation. write a book. So that's this week. I'm, I'm having a big week outside of Satellite Sisters. It's my world championships this week. <laughs> okay. Good for you. All right. We would like to thank Sonia Richards Ross for making time for us. Uh, Really, she's a busy woman. So we appreciated that. Thanks to Sergio Enriquez for putting together our show and Emily Loudermilk for doing our great graphics. All right. On our to-do list. Julie, what do you got? I have to get a new sports bra, which is like the worst shopping chore ever. Like, how do you even try them on? Because they just are like so much compression. I don't know. (laughs) It's got to (laughs) happen. Okay. Liz, how about you? Well, I also have a wardrobe issue because one of the things that's, so I'm, I'm going to be at this sporting event for the next 10 days and you're sitting outside in the heat. So you want to be like super cool. But then again, I have to be a little bit dressed up because I'm on the board of directors. And so occasionally I have to go schmooze with sportocrats from around the world. Put it that's, on our Instagram list. That, Put that's, it on like, the Instagram. that's the worst wardrobe assignment, what they yeah. call smart casual. And like, I'm just not good at being smart casual. I'm a casual is fine. And you're smart. And you're smart. smart. (laughs) But smart casual as a look when you're also sitting outside all day. I don't know. I have to figure it out. So working on that. 
Okay. Well, we are, we are going to the world championships. We're going for the last weekend and it is a massive movement of people and dogs and furniture and all kinds of things. So I'm going to explain that all on next week's show. But this week for me is all about uh, getting ourselves to Eugene, Oregon for the world championships. So we're looking forward to it. Yay. (laughs) Section 217 awaits you. Woo. Uh, All right, everybody. Sisters have a great week. You too. Good luck, Liz. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.